Vittorio Donzo here. I know, I know. It's been quite a while since the last episode, but you have this game to blame. <laughs> so why don't we just jump into it? Near Otamara. You know, I don't know if it's Otamara or Automata, whatever. I like to say Otamara because it sounds cooler. Anyway, <clears throat> the release date, March 2017, publisher, Square Enix, developer, Platinum Games, I love Platinum Games, uh, director, Yoko Taro, he directed the original Guard and the original Nier, um, I owned the original Nier, but it, it didn't hold my attention, I don't even remember much about it, but I remember the main character kind of looked similar to uh, the, the style of what's going on in uh, Automata. So, I don't know. I think I checked out Drakengard back in my GameStop days. Um, it didn't hold my attention either. But it makes sense uh, that these games didn't hold my attention because Yoko obviously was like, I need someone to handle the action for this game near automata alexa get me platinum games on the line <laughs> that's how i imagine it happening anyway uh, so allow me to take a moment and express how elated i am because of this collaboration two of the founders of platinum games are shinji mikami and hideki kamiya these two guys have directed some of the best games i have ever played for instance, uh, Devil May Cry, Resident Evil, Beautiful Joe, Okami, Resident Evil 4, Resident Evil Remake, God Hand, Dino Crisis. I could go on and on and do an entire episode on these guys. So I'll just stop there. Bottom line, Platinum Games. I love these guys. And I like their games, too, that they did. When the Bayonetta and uh, what was that one with the guy in the jetpack suit or whatever? Uh, Velocity, that one was cool. I didn't get to finish it, but I need to. Anyway. <clears throat> so then you have uh, Square Enix, formerly known as Squaresoft, showing my age, but I, I just, I kind of miss that name, Squaresoft. Though they're not my favorite developer of RPGs, they've become somewhat synonymous with the genre. And they've developed a number of the best RPGs I've ever played. For instance, Vagrant Story. I just did an episode on that one not too long ago. Final Fantasy VII, Final Fantasy VIII. And I like Final Fantasy X too. But not X too, but I like Final Fantasy X as well. <laughs> so, what really makes this so amazing to me is that Platinum have now done two collaborations. One being Metal Gear Rising uh, Revengeance. They collaborated with Kojima-san and his team, uh, Fox Studios, I think it was, back when he was with Konami. And uh, this one, Nier Automata. And they've spawned some awesome games, and they both sold very well. And Nier is getting critical acclaim, or has gotten critical acclaim. I've heard a lot of people say it's the best game they've ever played, even. It's crazy. So... I'm amazed because now we can we can petition them to do a Berserk game 
and I want them to collaborate with Atlas if they're going to do like an RPG action game, like combine it. Because I feel like they, play, having played this and having played uh, Rising, I feel like they're more finely tuned, their, their, their combat and their action and what they put into the game. When they all they have to worry about is the action and not so much everything else. So I like this whole collaboration thing. So if they could collaborate with Atlas and Atlas handled the RPG part, they're they're my favorite RPG company. They they make the best RPGs for me. Anyway, Kenji Saito, who's also with Platinum Games, he directed uh, Metal Gear Rising. He even tweeted back in 2015. I remember this that he wanted to do a uh, Kill la Kill game or a Berserk game. This was back in 2015. So my only questions question is do these positions do these petitions even work because if they do i will start one and i'll get that fucker signed and by tons of people and we can go after this because we need this berserk game a good one to happen i know that dynasty warriors one came out and i i tried it at a friend's house and i i got bored with it after five minutes so yeah near automata is amazing so far i'm playing it on the playstation 4 and i haven't finished it yet because i am savoring it taking my time to really enjoy the experience i figure i'll do another episode on it after i finish it too so to me it's an action rpg with a bit of arcade shooter and the elements from each respective genre have been blended to near perfection (laughs) near no pun intended you know i want to say it's perfection but nothing's perfect right but is that a true statement or is perfection subjective fuck it the blend of genres in near automata is perfect from my perspective i love how they did it though i wouldn't consider uh the rpg genre my favorite it's pretty high up there I remember the thought of <laughs> RPGs bringing feelings of uh, boredom. Uh, eh, not really disgust, but like, eh, I didn't want to even try them. A friend of mine tried to get me into them, and I watched him play one. And it was like, eh, I don't want to play that. And um, I'm so glad that I eventually tried them. Because, man, RPGs kick ass. And let that be a lesson for you kids. Try shit. You might like it. Well, don't try shit. Try stuff. Or try different genres of games. You never know what you might like. So what I like about RPGs are an engaging story with uh, equally engaging characters. um, An in-depth customization system of some kind. And a fucking beast of a battle engine. Let's be real here. That's my shit. Battle engines. This game delivers on all fronts. For me, there aren't many flaws, so I'll just mention them now to get them out of the way. Uh, One, the load times are terrible. Fuck. Take forever. Shit. What generation is this? The eighth console generation or some shit? Load times are still a fucking thing. But anyway, two, the load times happen during the worst moments. Uh... When 2B is defeated and you got to start over, 
and when 2B uses the transporter. I die a lot because I try to make things challenging and I use the transporter a lot because I'm constantly coming up with ideas and things to try and just whatever. I, I use these two things a lot. And I understand why these low times are in these spots because, I mean, hey, you died. So you need to wait before the game can reload itself. And hey, you're transporting to another location. You need to let the game load itself. But shit, that doesn't suit the way I play. So these are my flaws. And I can cry if I want to. Well, they're not my flaws. They're the game's flaws. But that's it, man. I, there's nothing else I can really complain about. <clears throat> so, slight spoilers ahead. The story is science fiction, which I'm a fan of science fiction. Badass. It's year like 15,000 something. There's a war being fought on Earth between mankind and extraterrestrials. The actual soldiers representing each side are androids and robots, respectively. Off the bat, it seems peculiar to me because our culture, humanity, or, yeah, has always portrayed aliens as having better technology than that of Earth's whenever they invade us or we fight them, whatever. They always have the better technology. Well, in this game, to me... The androids seem far more advanced than their robot counterparts. So much so that 9S, the uh, secondary character, he's somewhat condescending to robots. And uh, he stands firm on what he believes robot intelligence and behavior should be. Even though he witnesses behavior from them that should challenge his beliefs, but he's still kind of like... Like I said, I haven't finished the game, so he's he's still hesitant on, like, he's like, man, robots shouldn't be behaving this way. Robots shouldn't act this way. Robots shouldn't have this kind of feeling. So this aspect of the story is very intriguing to me because it seems like even though these characters are androids, there's going to be some growth uh, that happens. <clears throat> now, on that note, if I wasn't told so in the story, I would think the androids are humans, actually. Uh, from the physical attributes to the psychological and emotional behavior, I really don't see a difference. I've talked to an android NPC that had a crush on another android. I talked to one that was extremely saddened by the loss of a close friend and asked Tubi, the uh, protagonist, Tubi is the protagonist's name, to find her remains. For all intents and purposes, the androids are a perfect representation of mankind and mankind's advancement in technology. So those that that, that part, uh, some slight spoilers, but this part has some huge spoilers, so I don't know if you want to skip it or not. So the robots behave just as I imagined robots would, but then I encountered a uh, theme park, like an abandoned theme park, an old ancient theme park, however you want to say it for this setting. While the robots were preaching nonviolence and peace and love, and it was like, whoa, aren't we fighting you guys? Even still, they seemed programmed to do so. So I still thought there was something behind it. But then I encountered a robot village. And it functioned just like any other small village 
one finds in an RPG. These robots seem to have emotions and actual consciousness. Uh, at this point, I can't predict the story, and I'm usually really good at predicting stories. But I will say this. I feel like mankind has more to do with what's going on than I've been told so far. And I think on like both sides of it, it's, it's as odd as that may seem. Anyway, I'm a fan of how 2B is written. Um, she's your typical elite soldier whose only concern is to complete the mission. I know it's kind of cliche, but I like those kinds of characters because there's a lot of room for them to, to grow. And she can't be bothered to deal with things such as emotions and ideologies. Ninus is always trying to make her laugh or like get closer to her somehow, like to friendship wise, you know. And as I progress, she is opening up a bit, thanks to 9B, ironically, because he's kind of bullheaded too. Uh, Yoko Taro did an amazing job writing these two characters, and I'm interested in seeing how their relationship will develop. I just hope it's not something cliche, like them falling in love. <sighs> For what it's worth, I don't feel like it will play out like that. And uh, just while I'm talking about these two, and people are going to fucking hate me for this, and I know it because there's so much cosplay on these characters, but I'm not a fan of their designs. Uh, I don't know. Like, 2B looks like a cross between a maid and a sadomasochist or something. I, I just, I just, I'm not feeling it. Don't get me wrong. She's fucking gorgeous. Even my wife was like, oh my God, she's beautiful and gorgeous and yeah. But anyway. <clears throat> not a fan of the design but back to the story so the other two characters that have my curiosity going fucking wild are adam and eve and i like their take on it they're both guys or they seem like both guys but what the fuck are these dudes they were hatched from a giant fucking mass of robots that shaped themselves into like a big ass egg and these guys one of them, Adam, hatched from it, and then Eve sp split from him. Uh, but they look and act just as human, if not more human, than the androids. And as I said, I'm not very far, so these guys are still mysterious to me. Um, they killed their creators. I did get that far, far enough to know that much. And... Uh, I'll leave the story description at that because I don't want to spoil too much. All right, let's talk about the customizable systems. Uh, I love a nice, rich, robust system in which I can do all kinds of creative shits. Uh, so the core of the experience uh, seems to be or seems to revolve around plug-in chips that you can attach and remove from... 2B's CPU. It's a brilliant idea that works brilliantly as well. I love it. I'm a fan. I'm, I'm digging it. Uh, as soon as I realized how this system worked, I farmed enough currency to purchase the maximum capacity of available space for plug-in chips. I figured this was pretty important to, uh, to do from the get-go so I could really sink my teeth into the game and like i said i like to make things challenging so 
off, first off, I know that I'm going to fight things that are way above my level. So I wanted to get every advantage I could without leveling, if that makes sense. So, yeah, I have the maximum capacity of uh, plug-and-chip space. Um, after this playthrough and the hardest difficulty playthrough, I plan to do a no-plug-and-chip playthrough, which sounds fucking intense. I don't know if I can pull it off, but we'll see. But for now, I am enjoying the many different enhancements that uh, I come across. It's um, highly customizable. I, I love it. Um, the game even has three slots available to save builds that you come up with called set types. Um, <clears throat> for instance, I can create a build based on speed. I can create a build based on strength and a build based on defense and then save them separately in those three space slots or three areas for access whenever a situation calls for it. But for the record, there are way more chips than speed, strength, and defense. I just wanted to make a point. Which brings me to my next point. I'm not sure how I feel about this yet, but when 2B is defeated, she loses whatever plug-in chips or plug-in chip setup that she has equipped at the time. And just like in Dark Souls, if you've played Dark Souls, uh, you have to find her body to get it back, to get those chips back and the experience you gained during that span from the last save point to that point where she was defeated. And if she's defeated again before reaching her previous body, she loses those chips forever. And let me tell you, I have some chips that I don't want to lose forever. Um, and I would say I could just buy them again, but one place I bought one, it I can't. I went back to it and it's not available. So I'm really like coveting that fucking chip. But one cool thing about it is when you reach the body, you can repair it. You have the option to repair it and allow it to fight uh, alongside you. And I haven't messed with it too much. I, You know, I resurrected one just to see what would happen, but I haven't done anything. But um, I, I plan to figure out just what lengths I can go to with, with this ability. Um, I'm thinking it could be another party member. Uh, like, I get this badass plug-in chip set up. Uh, for instance, let's say I make it like a ranged attack kind of person or make to be kind of like a ranged attack specialist and then, you know, get defeated, go back, raise the body. Hopefully it still has the chips. I can choose to either keep them. I hope I, I don't remember for sure or leave them there and just raise the body. And there you go. I have a range specialist, but I don't want to really mess with that during this playthrough because I even have 9S turned to passive. I'm, I want to do all the work myself on this playthrough. So, uh, yeah, the that option seems really fun. Just like a way to get an extra party member. But I remember when I did raise it that one time, they didn't stick around very long, so it may not even be possible. Plug-in chips belong to one of four categories. System attack, defense, or support. Plug-in chips from the system category are 2B's operating system and chips that allow you to see specific HUD information. For example, there's a chip that displays enemy data and a chip that displays a mini-map. So those things 
are important, but, uh, you know, if you don't want them, you can actually take them out. Uh, examples of attack chips are weapon attack up and counter. Uh, defense chips include melee defense and max HP up. Support chips that can be equipped are things like EXP gain and moving speed up. And I've only mentioned a fraction of the types of chips that I've encountered. There are chips that grant 2B abilities like uh, Shockwave, which literally adds a shockwave to her attacks. It's really cool. I like, I like the way it looks, and it, it's pretty handy because the shockwave travels across. It's like a projectile, actually, that comes out of your weapon. Um, so plug-in chips can also be fused to create stronger versions. For example, if uh, two attack chips are combined into one, it becomes an attack up plus one chip. Uh, kind of reminds me of Dark Souls again, um, when you do your enhancements on your weapons and whatnot. Uh, the power of the weapon is increased, and the cost of space the chip requires becomes the average of the two chips' previous costs, respectively. If I'm not mistaken, I'm doing a blind playthrough, so this information is solely based on my comprehension of it, and I'm not a rocket scientist or a math whiz for that matter. But it seems like it's the average. I kept fusing attack up chips until I created an attack up plus six, though. It's pretty badass. Um, for now, the game won't allow me to fuse it any higher. Um, oh, it's also possible to purchase or find chips that are already enhanced. So, like when you. You can find chips just laying on the ground, or you can, when you kill or destroy robots, they might drop chips. So you don't just have to go and uh, create them to enhance them. You might find some already enhanced ones. And now, the action. My favorite part. For the record, my current playthrough, which is my first playthrough, I have it set on hard difficulty, and lock-on is disabled in this difficulty. They won't let you use it. And I'm I'm kind of curious how lock-on works, though. But um, I consider myself a connoisseur of battle engines. So let's, uh, I want to share my love of this one thoroughly. Let me just say that near Automata, has one of the most finely built combat engines that I've encountered. It's right up there with Devil May Cry and Ninja Gaiden for me. Those are the two, like, pinnacle, two at the top, mountain. Uh, the combat is, is fast-paced. It's, uh, it's smooth. It's seamless. It's, it's pleasing to the eye. It's, it's, oh, it's, I love it. It's gorgeous. Hordes of enemies attack you, um... There are giant enemies as well. Uh, I, and, and it's funny because I initially thought when I played for the first few hours that it wasn't going to be very technical, the combat, or capable of being played at a high level due to being, you know, part RPG. You know, I didn't think they'd be able to put that much into it. But fortunately, I was wrong. Uh, so... I'll just break it down like I see it, how I break it down. Movement, movements, movement's big. I mean, you got to have good movement, right? 
So the left analog stick moves to be like any other game, third person or any game in general that has a character you have to move. You usually have to use the left analog, right? Uh, slightly pressing it forward makes to be walk and pressing it all the way forward makes her jog. Um, it's, it's responsive, very responsive. I don't sense any input lag. The animations are highly detailed. I love the animations in this game. For instance, uh, when 2B runs in one direction and then suddenly change, you suddenly change her to the opposite direction. She does this animation where she, uh, she touches the ground with her hand and she bends her knees like a three point stance. It's like, it's literally turning on a dime. It's, it's awesome. I love it. It's little small animations like that. I, it's, I think it's cool. It's a testament to the quality and the effort they put into it. Uh, another example is when 2B is running and a piece of debris is in her path. If you don't avoid it, she will stumble over it. And it's kind of funny to watch her because she's so goddamn graceful that to see her stumble like that, you're like, what the fuck? Um, and speaking of 2B's graceful, yes, she is graceful as fuck. And I find myself mesmerized by just watching her walking animation. If you don't believe me, pop that game in or look up some videos of her just walking. Let me tell you, she's got a bad walk. Uh, she's got a bad walk. Which reminds me, I've always wanted to play a game in its entirety only using the walking animation to to travel the distance like we'll just walk through the whole game even though i have a run i just want to walk through it and destroy everything in my path like just some kind of monster <clears throat> i don't know i just feel like walk animations are so underutilized like who actually uses them in the game who actually goes i'm gonna walk through this area like it doesn't happen maybe in metal gear solid series but that's about it and uh tenchu I talk about Tenchu too much. But uh, I know. I'm a strange one. I get it. Alright, so... Uh, evade. And perfect evade. Uh, pressing R2 makes 2B evade. <laughs> That's a funny-ass sentence. Pressing R2 makes 2B evade. R2-D2? Whatever, I'm stupid. Uh, so if you press R2 from a neutral position, 2B will perform a backwards evasive maneuver. Uh, it makes it easy to avoid incoming attacks while remaining in front of the enemy. I, I like that. I like how they chose to, uh, animate that evasive maneuver because like I said, it keeps you, it keeps you centered and it keeps the enemy in front of you instead of like if you have to do a side roll or a side dodge. You can just do a quick little backwards evasive maneuver and enemy still in front of you. Um, now, if you time the evade to the last possible moment before taking damage, it's called the perfect evade. Now, this animation is fucking badass. I love it. It's really cool. It doesn't get old. <clears throat> 2B splits into what would seem like uh, multiple 2Bs, and they look like digital ghosts or some shit. That's the best way I can describe it. And then they reform back into one within an instant. It's really cool to watch, to look at, to see. And the way that I comprehend it is she disperses her molecular data into like multiple 2Bs, 
as a way of uh, thinning out of existence, so to speak, uh, making it difficult for physical attacks to make contact with her. Uh, it's probably the coolest last instant dodge animation I've seen in any action game. Like nothing I, that I can think of, as far as the whole like shit. Uh, Platinum in Bayonetta, they had Witch Time. Witch Time looked cool, but this. Which time has nothing on Perfect Evade. Uh, and you can also cancel into another Perfect Evade from one Perfect Evade. So it allows you to avoid combos. Like if you got multi-hit combo coming at you, you can get out of it safely. Or if like multiple enemies are attacking you uh, at the same time, you can get out of it. So Perfect Evade is really, really uh, useful. And then uh, you have Dash, which uses the same button. If you press the left analog in any direction and the R2 button simultaneously, uh, 2B will dash in whatever direction you choose. Now, I'm not a big fan of this animation. It's, it's, I don't, know, I don't like. She just kind of glides. It. Uh, I love Ryu Hayabusa's uh, dash on uh, in Ninja Gaiden 2. That's that's a cool dash. <clears throat> but anyway. This isn't Ninja Gaiden, so whatever. Uh, but it is useful. It's a useful maneuver. Um, if you hold the left analog in the direction being dashed in, she transitions into a running animation. So I do like that, that you can actually increase her speed so easily uh, and safely because if you if you do that, you're dodging an incoming attack and you're just transitioning it into a run. Uh, and... Dashing can be canceled into another dash as well. Um, this is useful when you're fighting in an area where there's lots of like debris on the ground and you're uh, in danger of stumbling while you're trying to, you know, just keep your distance from enemies and whatnot. Uh, dashing, cancel, dash canceling into, or dash canceling keeps her from stumbling and you're still moving fast, faster then the enemies can uh, keep up. Um, so then that leads me to the counter. I love the counter in this. So attacking immediately after a perfect evade, uh, it puts 2B into a counter attack animation. And it's based on which button is pressed and which weapon is used. So I guess you'd call it like a two-tiered counter. Uh, what I mean is, <clears throat> so that the, whatever animation comes out is going to be based on the, the button you use, which you have a light attack or a heavy attack, right? So let's say I use a light attack. So that counter is going to come out. Well, also the weapon that's in the slot for the light attack also has a particular animation for a counter. So... That's what I mean by two-tiered. Um, and the buttons that can be pressed to counter are light attack, heavy attack, and pod fire, which I'll go into the pod fire more, but you know you have the little pod, and I'll, I'll explain it. I'll break it down. So far, most of the counterattacks are capable of hitting multiple enemies, so if used properly, you can get 2B out of situations in which she's cornered or like surrounded. But I, I'm happy, I'm happy with the counter system. I feel like I still haven't gotten 
everything that I need to get out of it, there's still more to be kind of experimented with. For instance, um, I like one of the counters she has if she's using like a, a large weapon. She'll throw it and it, it not only does it hit enemies when it's on the way out, but when it's the weapon comes back to her, it also hits enemies. Um, and then she has the, uh, if you have a lance, when she does a counter with that weapon, she does this really cool like spinning an animation and whatever's surrounding her, depending on the level of the enemy, right? She can just knock everything, just clear everything from around her. It's really cool to watch. So let's talk about attacks. Uh, you have light attack, which um, you press the square button because I'm playing the PlayStation 4 version. So square buttons for light attacks. Um, you know, standard light attack stuff. Light attacks are fast, but less damaging than heavy attacks. Um, in this particular game, you can repeatedly press the light attack button for a combo. Um... Also, light attacks can be canceled into heavy attacks for more damaging combos from what I've come to gather. Uh, so I can do like light attack, light attack, heavy, heavy, heavy. And she does a really cool combo. Um, and I like how simple they make the combo system, which you have to if you're going to make a game as dense as this with a dense like combat engine. Um, you don't want to put too much effort into or you don't want to make the player have to put too much effort into just completing a combo um it's it's balanced very well i like it uh and if you hold down the square button uh, a unique attack will come out depending on the weapon equipped uh i consider it a charge attack but you know some some of the weapons don't do a charge attack some of them do just a like a little fancy schmancy attack you know but then you have heavy attack which um Triangles for heavy attacks, and just heavy attacks are slow, but more damaging than light attacks. And you can do combos with just a heavy attack button, but you can't reverse it. You can't do heavy, heavy, light, 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 like so far from what I gather, you can't do that. Uh, if you hold down the triangle button, you will do a charge attack. So far, uh, the... It seems like the large weapons do charge attacks. If you do a smaller weapon, she kind of does a fancy-smancy attack. Uh, but there's something unique about the heavy slot, the heavy attack slot. If you do a... If you jump, and immediately... I mean, like, as soon as you press the jump button, you have to press the uh, heavy attack button immediately afterwards. She'll do, a uh, like, a rising attack. It's really cool. Um... And the properties change depending on the weapon equipped. So, and, and it's different than just jumping and attacking. You have to do you have to do it fast. Um, so you can switch weapons. Uh, pressing up on the directional pad switches between two weapon sets, and that's something I love about this game. That's it's pretty unique. Is uh, you got the you have the two slots. You have a weapon in your light attack slot. You have a weapon in your heavy attack slot. And you have, you can save, you can set that, and then you have another uh, s weapon set up you can save, and you can switch between those. So, uh, I 
like experimenting and taking like a, a large weapon and putting it in the light attack spot. And so I can attack somewhat faster with that large weapon. Uh, but it's more so just to see what you can do with each weapon when you put it in each slot. And, and the, the attacks change depending on which slot they're in. It's really cool. This game's deep as fuck. I like it. I like how deep it is. Uh, speaking of jumping, when we're talking about the rising attacks, uh, X button is the jump button. And she can double jump. Press it again when you're in the air. She'll double jump. Uh, and if you hold down the jump button while she's in the air, she will grab hold of her pod and it slows her descent to the ground. And uh, also, it should be noted that attack animations can be canceled by jumping. Now, I don't know if there are some particular moves that can be jump canceled. Well, there are. I've done some jump cancels in the air during some aerial combat. Um, <clears throat> but that's the extent of I. That's the extent. I've gone to as far as jump canceling. Uh, so pods, I brought up pods earlier. And they're these small robots that accompany 2B in the field. Uh, they're actually really useful. They provide mission information, field data, and they aid her in battle too. And so far for me, I can equip two pods and switch between them with the left and right directional buttons. So, and they're kind of different. Like one of them, you can, uh, shoot, like if you shoot, which pod fire is what it's called. You press the R1 button and it fires a projectile. Um, one of them just shoots, just, if you hold it down, it shoots the, uh, like these energy blasts indefinitely. Doesn't run out of ammo. And then the other one I have shoots missiles. So... I'm excited to find more of them. And you can upgrade them, too. I just haven't found the materials to upgrade them yet. So I'm looking forward to that. And uh, they have pod programs, which they're like special attacks that the pods can do to help you out. For instance, or you press the L1 button and they do it. But for instance, um, there's one that is like a gravity bomb. And you press L1 and this ball of energy with this huge gravitational force lands on the ground and if enemies get close to it it sucks them in so like if you're if you're surrounded and the enemies kind of are too far away from you to like really do any kind of uh significant damage to all of them at one time i kind of use that to suck them all in and then i can do some damage to everybody uh that's just one example, but there's so far, I think I have four or five programs that I can choose from. And, uh, let's see the camera, the, uh, the right analog controls the camera. I love the camera control in this game. And you don't, that's not said a lot about action games. Let's be real. Uh, it's the best one I've dealt with in a 3d action game. It's, and it's fucking customizable too. You can you can adjust the uh, horizontal orientation, the vertical orientation, the horizontal rotational, uh, horizontal rotational speed. I'm sorry, and the vertical rotational speed. You can adjust the uh, distance it sets when walking, the distance it sets during combat, the zoom speed. It's it's crazy, man. It's you can't use poor camera as an excuse for dying in this game. <laughs> it's too it's too robust. 
All right, let's talk about enemies. Um, enemies come in a number of shapes and sizes, ranging from to be towering over them to them towering over to be. <laughs> Uh, and it's funny because the ones that seem humanoid actually look harmless to me. They look, uh, for lack of a better word, I hate saying this word, but cute. The little short ones and the way they swing their little fists at you, you look, kind of feel bad about killing them. They have like little emoji heads. Those the, the little emojis. That's what they look like to me. Little emoji heads. <laughs> uh, but in most cases, the enemies will try to swarm to be and overwhelm her with sheer numbers. And uh, it's it's also common for like two or three giant enemies to uh, attack you. And sometimes you get giant enemies with small enemies, a swarm of small enemies, and you got your hands full, buddy. Uh, I noticed that the more I completely obliterate enemies with efficient technique while also taking no damage, more difficult enemies start to show up. I love this kind of shit. This is like my shit. Uh, the game actually recognizes skill level and makes adjustments. Like I, I'm down for that. That's some great design, man. Uh, the hit detection is a big deal for me in action games, and it's handled very well in this game. Uh, when two bees attacks hit the enemy, it is visually, audibly, and physically as satisfying. Like I, f it feels good when I hit the enemies. It looks good. It sounds good. I'm in. Uh, seeing those sparks fly when the blades hit the metal of those robot bodies, it's its gratifying, man. And, uh, oh, when I manage to finish an enemy with an attack that makes them fly across the screen and explode, ugh, that's the best shit. But uh, long story short, it really feels good to destroy enemies in this game, and you gotta fight swarms of them, so you want it to feel good when you do it. Now, uh... The boss fights, they're, so far, they're pretty epic. Um, from what I've experienced, they tend to have, like, multiple phases that you have to get through. And they get more difficult and unique as you get through them, the the actual fights. So, like, uh, there was one fight where the boss was sending out these waves of energy. And if they made contact with 2B, a minigame, to keep her, 2B's CPU from being hacked would start. And uh, after preventing the hack attempts, the transition back to battle was smooth as fuck. Like, so the transition into it and the transition out of it was really smooth. And it doesn't hinder, it doesn't really seem disorienting. Uh, handled very well. I, I love what they did. And uh, the boss actually had captured a ton of androids and had them crucified. It's, it's fucking bizarre. And uh, they were actually aiding her in battle, but they were like 2B's comrades in arms and uh actually they were the ones sending out the waves of energy and you had to like dodge them and like try to destroy them it's and they were trying to hack 2b cpu epic shit man epic shit and uh the music during boss fights is usually epic as well hell the music in this game in general is epic there's this one track that plays uh when exploring the desert and it has this female vocalist singing a language I don't know, but uh, she's got a string orchestra backing her, and it, it sounds Turkish, but I can't be sure, but anyway. Fuck, it's amazing. It's it's probably my favorite track so far. Um, I will definitely be buying this OST. Uh, 
and I know I like that one song where they're like, this is, uh, this cannot continue. This cannot continue. That song's epic too. Uh, so graphics, I need to talk about graphics. Uh, this game is beautiful. I mean, if you've seen it, you know, the lighting, the shadows, the textures, the explosions, the glowing effects, the animations, the environments, all of it. Top fucking notch. My wife could care less about video games. But if she stumbles in on me playing Nier Automata, she likes to watch that shit. And the whole time she's like, oh, this game looks so great. It's so great. Look at how beautiful that is. Look at that. Um, my favorite visuals are the just the animations, like 2B's movements. And, uh, and I like the explosions <laughs> when you blow up robots and shit. And uh, I almost forgot to talk about the arcade shooter aspects. And probably because I'm not a pro when it comes to these types of games. I've played a couple of them. And I, they're fun. I just, for some reason, don't really buy them. I, maybe I should get into them now. But uh, I have legit fun when 2B hops into her flight suit and I get to shoot robots while flying around, narrowly dodging beam attacks. Enemy ships, enemy fire, melee attacks from giant robots, the works. Shit is great. And the controls are just as responsive as when 2B's on the ground fighting. Uh, it's a really fun way to mix up the gameplay and still keep it epic and fun and fresh. Uh, I I wonder if Platinum did the shooter aspects. I'm, I'm, I would imagine they did. But, um, yeah, I love it. So, uh... I feel like I'm about a third of the way through the game. I'm in love with it. And if you've been following me on Instagram, uh, Donzo Hattori, that's my Instagram name, Donzo Hattori, uh, you'd see that I've been trying to clear a robot nest in the desert. And uh, I have, I actually have one more video I need to post. of. I have this one series called Epic Fail where I just put up this huge epic battle of just I I need to count how many robots I've destroyed in this streak in this run and I end up getting killed by something stupid and uh yeah epic fail but the videos are cool and uh yeah I'm pretty obsessed with Nier Automata it's fun man I love it and that's about all I got um I plan to do another episode on Nier in the near future when I finish it, but, uh, I will definitely do, I'm, I'm back. I'll definitely do another episode, not on near, but another episode this month, uh, to try and make up for being gone for so long. I may even do two more episodes this month for Christmas, a Christmas present for you guys. But, uh, with that being said, Hattori Donzo out.